Hey everybody, you're listening to Breaking Peter with C. That's me, your host, Zahra Huber. And today I am joined by Samantha Barish, but I want to say Barash. I want to say it the real Iraqi way. <laughs> she is a body positive dietitian and I am blessed to have met her because I think she's absolutely amazing. Welcome to my show, Samantha. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk about this topic that is actually extremely important, not just in the Arab culture, but around the world. I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to this body image, but this is body image specifically in the Arab culture, which I don't think is talked about much. No. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to dive into that more with you. I love your hair, by the way. If if anybody knows, she's part Palestinian and Palestinians usually have this beautiful, like little curly hair. I'm so jealous because mine is like sometimes in between waves and curls and straight. It's questionable, but your hair is amazing. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) I debate that everyone can pull off like big curls. They just have to put the effort into it. No, these are like little baby cute curls. I love it. Um, And so she's also part Iraqi, um, Chaldean, which if people don't know is Iraqi Christian. Um, But even though some Chaldeans may deny it, they're Iraqi. (laughs) Agree. Yes. Um, We'll get into that in a whole different episode, by the way, about like how Chaldeans (laughs) sometimes deny that they're Iraqi, but it's so funny. Or deny that they're Middle Eastern. Yes. They're like, no, what are you talking about? It's like, bro, you're from Iraq. Right. That is the Middle East. What are you talking about? But so yeah, body image in the Arab culture. So you actually came to me and you were like, I want to talk about body image. So and being a dietitian, I'm sure, and a body positive dietitian, I'm sure this is like a huge issue for you. So tell me a little bit about what made you want to talk about body image in the Arab culture. Yeah. So I, I'm a dietitian and I work with people to become healthier and make healthier food choices and be able to move their body in a way that feels good. But the whole premise of what I do is not based on weight. Yeah. So I don't promise weight outcomes. I don't say that we're going to gain weight. I don't say that we're going to lose weight. I say that we're going to find the weight that's best for you. That's amazing. I believe in health at every size. Mm -hmm. Not to say that everyone's healthy at every size, but we can be healthy in different sizes. We're not meant to be all a size four. So in starting this work as an Arab American, it was very interesting to me when I was working with clients or looking for clients and realizing that, you know, to do this work, you really have to put physique goals on the back burner Yeah, to have that true healthy relationship with food. And what I identified really early on was I'm not, Arab Americans aren't going to want to work with me because if I tell them that we're not going to have goals of losing weight, I mean, they're going to hang up on me right there. (laughs) And I will say that I do have some Middle Eastern clients who are incredible, but what is so challenging about it is having to work through the dynamics that they grew up in Mm -hmm. and the traumas that they've experienced because of the bluntness of being an Arab American and growing up in an Arab American family. Um, So that that really showed me that this is a problem and we're causing so much damage to our youth that we don't realize. Um, And, you know, telling kids that they're, you know, need to lose weight or telling kids that they need to gain weight, all of that, those conversations need to end. And Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of that. I want to help that generation 
I want to stop doing that, stop perpetuating that cycle so that our kids can grow up and have healthy relationships with their bodies. Yeah, which I feel like a lot of Arab Americans, I mean, people in general don't really, but especially you mentioned bluntness, and I actually want to kind of hone in on that for a second. The Arab American culture is extremely blunt. They will tell you if they think you're ugly. There is no, like, there's no... What's the word I'm looking for here? They don't sugarcoat anything. Yeah, it's not gentle. No, they're not gentle with their words. I mean, they'll be like, oh, you're so ugly, but your hair, <laughs> your hair is beautiful. You have beautiful eyes, so maybe someone will want to marry you. You know, like, it's like... You're, you're smart. You're yeah, smart. you're smart. You're smart. It will be fine. You will be married. It's okay. You can cook really good, but you're ugly. And, like, they don't give a shit. They'll just tell you how it is. They will tell you if you're ugly. They'll tell you if you're too skinny, if you're too fat, if you need to eat more, if you need to eat less, if you need to, like, be lighter skinned. You know, whatever it is, they will tell you to your face. But I think what it... And I think they genuinely think... That they're helping Yes. Them. Yeah, it's not malicious. No. But what they don't realize how harmful it is. It's traumatic. Absolutely. We're, we're causing such... We're not making... No one hears that no. and then, you know, starts going on a diet or is no. able to have, like, some transformation. It's... All you're doing is messing with their mental health. Absolutely. And that's, that stuff sticks with you. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know... I have an experience with that. I remember at my 16-year-old birthday party, for the first time, I decided to put on, like, this little mini skirt. I remember it was green, and I felt so pretty in it, and it was an all-girl 16-year-old party at my house, and I remember one of the girls kept looking at my legs, and I said, do you like my dress? And she goes, yeah, but your your, uh, thighs are way too fat for that dress. And... I, and I was very skinny. I was a size two slash four, but I had hips. I had hips and a butt and I had thighs. Like I always had that, even though I was so skinny on top, I had the Arab body, right? Yeah. And I think it was maybe four years ago where I finally decided to wear shorts because until then I was like, my thighs are just way too fat for the public to see. I don't want to, I don't want anybody to see these thighs. And my friend's like, you're crazy. Like, your thighs are fine. Yeah, you've got, like, body to them, but who cares? Just show off your thighs. Right. But it stuck in my mind for 20 years, like 20 years almost, of my thighs are too fat for me to wear shorts. Right. From one person One person. Something. No one ever said anything else about my thighs. It was that one girl at my 16... 16- I remember just being so devastated. The whole... Like, rest of my party, I just wanted to put on pants. Yeah. I wanted to hide my thighs because I was so self-conscious about it after. Yeah. it The culture kind of perpetuates that, right? That, yeah. like, someone else's opinion of you is more valuable than your own opinion yep. of you, right? Absolutely. So. Yeah, and that's a huge thing in our culture, right? Reputation. Mm-hmm. Reputation is, like, what will other people think of you? Who cares what we think yeah. of you like, or what do, you think of yourself? Right. Do I like this outfit? I, I mean, maybe, but you're so preoccupied with what other people are going to yep. think about this outfit. Exactly. You, like you don't even know your own style, probably. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's also something I, I kind of want to go touch on that, like, in a further podcast about like identity crisis, but also it took forever for me. And I still don't know what I like sometimes, Mm. what I like to wear, like what looks good on me, because I still wonder like what other people think or what other people have said about those kinds of things instead of, do I like this? Do I think this looks good on me? You know, do I think, you know, whatever. Um, and so like, it's just what other people think is like imprinted in my brain. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's so much unlearning. It is. It really is. Yeah, especially because they start off at such a young age where you're so impressionable. Yeah. And so it sticks with you. Right. Unless you're an extremely confident, don't give a shit kind of person, which many of us are not at like 10, 11, 15, 16, you know, when we have braces and are breaking out and whatever it is, we're not confident in ourselves to think, no, fuck you. Like, I love my thighs. Right. So. So damaging. It is. And then we we do it to the next generation and then the next generation does to the next. It's just, it's this never ending cycle. Yeah. But we have the opportunity to do that now, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what made me want to have this conversation with you because I I really do genuinely believe that a lot of people don't realize how harmful yeah. commenting on other people's bodies is and how that's going to cause such a rise. It's already starting such a rise in yeah. eating disorders. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially in our community. Yeah. And we we have to put a stop And we to ignore it. it too if somebody has an eating disorder. Oh they're yeah. like, it's okay, just eat, eat. And it's yeah. like, no, this person has a mental health problem. Mm -hmm. The eating disorder is a mental health issue, right? You're not going to just tell them to eat and they're going to be like, Oh, okay. I'm just going to start eating or I'm going to stop vomiting up my food. Like that's not how that works. Right. And then, you know, when they, let's say they are a little bit bigger and they stop eating. Yeah. They're getting praise. Oh yeah. If they're losing weight, then heck yeah. We, we, now you can get married. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're more attractive now. And so if someone's doing that in a really unhealthy way and you're complimenting them on it consistently, telling them, oh, now, now your body looks valuable. Yep. I mean, that's your way of life now. Yeah. They're, they're going to be sick forever. Yep. How do you get out of that cycle? Exactly. So I do, I have a lot of personal experience with like body image issues, but I, I, I do want to talk about it, but I want to hear what you've dealt with. Um, you know, growing up as an Arab American woman, um, have you seen personally or have you personally experienced things like that about your body? You know, and I will say that I'm pretty privileged in that I haven't experienced a ton of um, pressures. I'd say that most of my pressures were just like westernized culture mm-hmm. pressures. Um, my mom never commented on her own body. Okay. And she never commented on my body. Yeah. And I never had that. And I appreciate that more than anything. And, you know, you know, I did struggle with disordered eating and an exercise addiction growing up where I was very fixated on my body. And I am so grateful that I didn't have too much of that external influence, Mm -hmm. but it also makes me reflect on if I did, oh, wow. It could have been so much worse. Oh, yeah. It could have been, yeah. And Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you touched on something I did want to bring up. Arabs are obsessed with the Western idea of beauty. Yeah. Slim, but big breasted and a butt. Blonde, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if you see many, many Arab women dye their hair completely bleach blonde, mm-hmm. uh, colored eyes, you see so many colored contacts. Um, they have like this image. So on top of them telling you, you know, don't eat too much or eat more or blah, 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 whatever it is. They're also obsessed with this Westernized image of yeah. beauty. Yeah. I mean, because re- Arab women are usually curved. Yes. You know, we've got boobs, we've got butts, we've got hips, you know, we have a little bit of a waist, you know, I mean, that's our body type, but that's healthy for us. It is. Yes. And you know, don't get me started on it's BMI. all that hummus. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on BMI, but BMI was based on a European population. Yep. It was, it did not it's take bullshit. into account 
African Americans. Yep. It didn't take into account Middle Easterners. Mm-hmm. So many people were excluded from that statistic and what we use to measure health in every medical. Yes, uh, it's bullshit. Because yeah. I'm overweight. Oh. I've put my BMI in and it's like, you're overweight. I'm like, I'm overweight. I'm 5'6 and 150 pounds. How am I overweight? Like, I'm basically obese according to BMI. Yeah. Which is absolutely absurd to me. Yeah. I mean, we can can all eat the same. We can move our bodies the same. We're all still going to look different. Yep. And especially with that genetic component of being a Middle Easterner. I mean, like, we just were built differently. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it. And we're not going to, sure, there are people that are naturally in a very small body, Mm -hmm. but we can't expect that that is the gold standard, Yeah, especially for our community. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing is like, there is no standard. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, we're all different. We're all different shapes. We're all different sizes, but I feel like the Arab culture kind of puts us all into this one box of what we're supposed to look like to be beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up and just hating my curly hair. Yeah. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, if only I could have straight blonde hair. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we grew up and that was the gold standard, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And so it's been so liberating as an adult to like never straighten my hair or do anything to it, but just let it be. Just enjoy it. What it is. Yeah. And, you know, I've always said that I, if I have a daughter one day, that I hope that I can instill that same thing in her. I think, you, I think you'd be able to because I think you'd let her help her appreciate right. the beauty of her curly hair. Right. So, right. yeah, for sure. I mean, you would be changing the direction of this body image. Thank you. I yeah. think so. Thank you. If you had a daughter. Um, in Botox too, like Botox and uh, plastic surgery, I feel like is huge in the Arab culture yeah. because of the Western like standards that they really want to be a part of. Right. So getting nose jobs, getting their lips done, getting boobs, getting whatever it is, tummy tucks. I mean, if you go to the Middle East, especially Iran, which you know is part of the Middle East. I know they're not Arab, but it's part of the Middle East. I mean, the amount of nose jobs, it's actually a compliment when you get a nose job. I mean, people walk around with the bandages and it's actually like a status for them because of how many Iranians get nose jobs. I mean, when I went to Iran and I said, I mentioned this in a previous episode, everybody's like, you have like the perfect nose for a nose job. You know, like you're beautiful, but you need a nose job. Get out of here. Yeah. And so till this day, if somebody gave me money for a nose job, I'd probably go get one. Because of, like, how much I hated my nose growing up. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like that's the most prominent thing in the culture, right? Yeah. That nose job. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Right. Because, I mean, we have so many different types of noses, too, but it's like, then you get, like, this nose job between one, two, and three, so everybody has the same damn nose. Right. But what if we could stop that? Like, what if we stopped talking about it? Yeah. So that the next generation of kids don't even realize that a bad, a big nose is bad. Yeah. We so quickly associate it as being bad, but if we stop talking about it, I wonder if it would just be, you have a big nose, like, yeah. if, like having big feet. Yeah, who or cares? we don't go and like cut some of our toes off to have small yeah, feet, Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> we accept our feet for what they are. Yeah. So why can't we do that with more of our body parts? I know. I completely agree. It definitely needs to change. Um, and I definitely think 
the, I think the difference between the American culture and then the Arab culture is that the American culture, they kind of feed you these body image things through media, through their commercials, through magazines, things like that. Like, I don't feel like it's talked about. Hmm. I don't know if you'd agree with me about that. No, I do. But with Arabs, it's in your face. They tell you to your face, you're fat. Yeah. Like, I don't think any, like, you know, white person or American is like, yeah, you know, Samantha, you're too fat. You need to lose some weight. Right. But an Arab person will be like, hey, Samantha, you know, if you want to get married, you're going to need to slim down a little bit. You're, you're fat. Right. You know? And yeah. So I think it's different. It feeds, the American culture feeds through media and commercials, while the Arab culture is, like, in your face. Yeah. I feel like if, it, if an American heard a Middle Easterner, like, tell their ki- their kid that they need to lose weight, their jaw would drop to the floor. <laughs> and, we, and we would just be like, what? What? Like, like what, what's the problem? This is normal for like, me. Why are you surprised? Yeah. So, yeah, it just shows you right there. But maybe that's a sign that, in the, you know, I, I'm all about, like, keeping tradition and culture. Well, this is one thing that we got to do. Yeah, we got to so get, get out of it. it. Yeah. There's a few things, and this is definitely on top of the list. Yeah. We got to, we got to, um, we got to let that go. Yeah. Because, so, I was telling you before we started recording, but I went to Iran, and I was skinny, and so... The Iraqi women who we were hanging out with in Iran were just feeding me. They're like, eat, eat. You need to be bigger. Like, you're too skinny. You're too skinny. And then on top of that, they would tell me one lady, she like grabbed my boobs and was like, your breasts are like apples. You need to be like cantaloupes. And so for the longest time, I wanted a boob job. Because I'm like, oh, my boobs are way too small. Yeah. You know, they're not fitting that Arab body shape, the body image that they all aspire to, right, is to have big boobs. And now I don't give a shit. Like, I'm never getting a boob (laughs) job ever because, like, fuck you. I love my B cups. Get out of here. But but that stuff stuck with me as a kid. I mean, she literally, this woman I didn't even know at the pool grabbed my boobs and told me my boobs were like little apples. That just shows how lacking of self-awareness this woman has. Do you Nothing. Think that you can do that. Yes. Like, who are, who are you? Yeah. It's scary. It is. So let's talk about how we can change this. I mean, I know instilling into the next generation, but I mean, you still have parents who are doing this right now to their kids. Like, as we speak, someone is telling their kid that they're too fat and they need to lose weight. They're never going to get married. That's another thing. They instill fear, especially into women. You will never get married if you look like this. Yeah. You know, I think the f- what we have to realize is any talk about body is harm. Mm-hmm. Complimenting someone on losing weight, complimenting them on gaining weight, any kind of comment, it's not, it's not appropriate because we don't know what's going on in that person's life. Yeah. To have influenced that change in their yeah. weight. And you're giving, the, especially if it's a child, yeah. a message that, oh, hey, before, your body actually wasn't as valuable, but now it is. Now it's great. Yeah. So keep keep doing what you're doing. You're going to get, it's going to become more valuable. Yeah. And so any, any talk of it, I mean, not even saying, you know, that looks, that makes you look skinny mm-hmm. or that makes you look a little curvier. Yeah. We, we just need to allow everyone to just exist 
And that's how they're going to be able to have that healthy body image. And that's how they're going to be able to have that healthy relationship with food. Yeah. Because if you constantly feel judged or if you constantly feel like what you're going to eat is going to make you look a certain way, it's going to make you gain weight, it's going to make you lose weight, that takes you so far away from your natural cues of what your body actually needs to survive Yeah. because you're so influenced by what someone else is telling you or what some who's someone's watching you eat that you're not you're so out of touch with yourself and that's what if you you know if that starts at six years old Mm -hmm. you're going to continue that through your whole lifetime oh yeah absolutely and you know what especially in a culture that loves food the way we do which is beautiful yeah i mean i was about to say like arabs can eat like if you go to an arabic restaurant those plates of food i mean that's how much we usually serve at dinners and more yeah. You know, we love to eat rice and meat and bread. Oh, my God. So we love the carbs. So Arabs can eat. But it's so conditional, too. Yeah. And, you know, I I had a client tell me that they didn't feel like they've ever been able to actually enjoy their food mm-hmm. because of the size of their body. And... That's just so, that just breaks my heart. Yeah. Especially as a culture who enjoys food the way that we do, we should be able to do it shamelessly. Yeah. And we should be able to share recipes and stop trying to, you know, have you seen like people be making some of our recipes with like cauliflower rice and stuff? Yeah, gross. Don't do that. Yeah. Why are you ruining our dishes? Exactly. Yeah. You're, we don't need to. Add cauliflower rice to everything. No, we it's, do not. It's disrespectful. Yes, it's 100%. rude. Hundred <laughs> percent. You are destroying the Arab culture. Okay, cauliflower rice does not go with kebabs. Yeah. No. It. It's so. If if anything, I I love to see people enjoy food. Yeah. And do it shamelessly. And our culture is so conditional about it, and it's got to end. I want you to talk a little bit more and expand on that conditional part of it so you can enjoy your food or you can um you can have a second serving or you can eat in front of others but only if you look a certain way yeah or you can do it in big settings and or at a family event and we'll tell you oh my gosh why aren't you eating more get seconds get thirds Mm -hmm. and then the next day it's like why do you look like that yeah why are you so fat Right. It's just the mixed messaging is that more than anything. It's almost like, did you hear what you said yesterday? Like, where? Yeah. It's funny because Arabs get offended. Some Arab cultures will get offended if you don't eat their food. Mm. I've been told, do you not like my food? Because I didn't get like a second helping. Right. But then afterwards, like for someone who might be a little bigger, they'll be like, you don't like my food? Eat more. But then wait, you're too fat. Why are you eating more? Right. So it's almost like, wait, okay, what do you want me to do? Do Mm -hmm. you want me to lose weight? Do you want me to eat more? Do we want me to look different? Like what exactly is the message that you're trying to send me right now? Yeah. So it's like such a mix of, I guess, what's the word? Different, um, I want to say like differing, like, cultural beliefs like being offended if someone's not eating enough of your food but then also being offended because you're too big right so it's almost like the two are overlapping but they don't go together hand in hand and this might be like a little out there i might be like really like reaching but i feel <laughs> that's like okay we, we do that on this podcast <laughs> it's fine i feel like we need to show our love in ways that don't always have to do with food yes like can we just 
can we have to-go boxes? And yes. can we say, you know, thank you for offering me this. I'm actually not hungry. Can I take some to-go? Yeah. Like, can, can that be normalized? No, Habib, to eat right now. <laughs> it's... And... You know, why do we take so offense to it? We're so offended by it. We get so offended by anything, like, when we're rejecting food. Yes. We we got to show love in other ways. And you know what? That's probably a whole nother conversation of learning how to express yes, emotion. Love. Yeah. We yeah. don't do that as Arabs. Right. I don't think many Arab parents tell their kids how much they love them. Yeah. But they feed them well. But they feed them. <laughs> you eat. I love you. <laughs> Look what I made you. Yeah, exactly. Right. I made you a fa- I made makluba. It's fine. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh my God, I love makluba. Palestinians <laughs> make a really good makluba. Oh, see? I didn't even know we were specializing in that. Yeah. Iraqis make it too. I don't know who we... St- we stole it from somebody, I'm sure. Yeah. I feel like the Iraqi culture steals from like other cultures and then we make like our own little like version of it. Right, right. We stole so much from the Iranian culture. I feel like we took from the... We just took from everybody. No, you're totally right. (laughs) And I feel like it depends, too, on, like, um, it's, you know, being raised... My dad's Chaldean and my mom's Palestinian. And it's so funny. Like, we call grape leaves grape leaves on my mom's side of the family and mm-hmm. we call it dolma on yeah. my dad's side of the family and they are they t- they are two completely different things like absolutely different i know it's so yeah, i think so the palestinians say what i know which is like paper of the grapes okay yeah or what what the wali i don't know they have like some palestinians i grew up with palestinians i remember her mom used to make it huh. and she had a we call it dolma in iraqi yeah and then, but then the Palestinians say like "wana aynab" or "walat tawali" or something like that. Yeah, they had some different name, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" They taste completely different, but they're both so good. Yeah, like it just. I mean, it's grape leaves. Grape I leaves know. are grape leaves are amazing. Yeah. Arab right. food is just amazing. Hey, yeah. Can we talk about that in this body image thing? Arab food is amazing. And by the way, med- there have been studies that Mediterranean diets are one of the most healthy oh, diet, healthiest absolutely. diets with the olive oil that we use and the garlic. Yeah, And absolutely. like all the healthy spices that we put into our food. But um, we love those carbs, though. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to eat carbs. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Rice. Yes. Bread. Like, yep. we're, we, we eat such a well-balanced diet. Yeah. It really is so healthful, and and I feel like our genetics, especially. Yeah. We just have really good genes. I think so, too. And I think a lot of that also has to do with the Mediterranean diet. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's that olive oil. It's just put that shit on your skin, or you're good to go. Hey, it's true. <laughs> in your hair. <laughs> we cook with it. We put it on our skin. We put it in our hair. We use it as lube. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't know anybody who does that. <laughs> But even like hummus, like the mm-hmm. fiber in it, like we we just have a really good baba ganoush. Oh my god, I love baba. I actually prefer baba ganoush over hummus. I, I can't get on that train. Oh, I love baba ganoush. It's good, but you just got to get the right one. Okay, it's so good. I heard you on a previous podcast talking about what they're doing to hummus in the stores. Oh, like chocolate. my god, I gasped with you. Yes, yeah, that that. That pisses That's me off. That's like a sin. Yeah. God is punishing those people right oh, now. Yes. It's That's, that sabra. 
Yeah. And you know who owns Subaru. I'm not going to, like, go into that. But. Oh, yeah. We don't. I'm not. If I even, like, considered buying that. In college, some of my roommates would have it. My mom mm-hmm. would open the fridge and, like, want to burn the house I down. would toss <laughs> that shit out. If I opened my roommate's fridge and there was Subaru hummus in there, I'd be like, hmm, so weird that this randomly disappeared and was uh, in the garbage all of a yeah, sudden. I don't know what happened. You're going to a new ro- roommate. Yeah. Um, moving out. <laughs> Excuse me. I need to. I'm having, like, I'm really offended by my roommate. I need to leave. <laughs> No, it's, so it's true. It's yeah, true. don't mess up Mediterranean food, okay? That shit is bomb as it is. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Thank you. Yeah. The end. Right. Hummus is not meant to be with chocolate or caramel or whatever the hell pumpkin spice bullshit you guys put in this thing. I hummus is hummus. Have you it's tried perfect. it? No. I Yeah, I haven't either. I, so I don't know if... I mean, I guess if, I, if somebody's like, here, try this, I would try it, but I would still be very much against it. I'd be like, this isn't hummus. This is like chocolate something. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. Gotta stay strong in our beliefs. Yeah. Stay away from it. Exactly. I do. I did want to ask you. I know you said you had a few Arab clients. I mean, was there a theme that you saw amongst them? Yeah. Um, so, can I can I give you a little bit of like background? Yeah, of, of course. Like, yeah. So, the way that I work as a dietitian is I help people become intuitive eaters. So I help them learn how to listen to their own cues mm-hmm. versus external diet rules. Yeah. So we do a lot of unlearning of what they might have. Um, seen in the media or society but with the arab american clients there's that different dynamic of their family yeah and in this exploration of becoming an intuitive eater a lot of that involves having to reintroduce foods to your diet that maybe you eliminated for years or learning how to eat and doing it without shame and doing it without judgment and allowing your body to fluctuate in the way that it needs to, Mm -hmm. to be healthiest for you. And with more, um, American clients, they're not, they're able to set that boundary at home of, Hey, I'm doing something right now. I need you to not comment on my body. Mm -hmm. I would appreciate it if you don't comment on the food that I'm eating I'm going on a journey right now. Um, thank you for honoring that yeah. and respecting that boundary. Yeah. I wouldn't even consider. I mean, you, you, we don't have boundaries. No, in, absolutely in not. No. And so it's it's challenging working with those clients because we're trying to navigate this for them, but also it. I you know we're working together to support the fact that they might never have that boundary with their parents yeah. or with their siblings. They might always have someone in their ear saying, you shouldn't be eating this. You should be eating that. Your body looks like this. Your body should look like that. But we have the tools. We work on the tools together so that they're able to block that noise out. Yeah. And as challenging as it is, we're resilient. Mm-hmm. We really are. And we're able I see in my clients that they're able to have that boundary and understand, you know, of course they mean well, they just don't realize it. And you know what? They might not ever realize it. And that's okay. Yeah. I can hear those messages and I can still become an intuitive eater. I can change that narrative for my future kids or for... And you can teach them to change that narrative for their future kids. Exactly. That lineage just, it it ends ends here. Yeah. So that's that's the difference, I would say, is the boundary setting. 
I love that. Well, that's amazing. I love that you're doing this work. I Thank think you. it's absolutely amazing. It's so impressive that you're doing this, especially, I feel like more Arab women need to like come flocking to you now. Yeah. Um, I, I to mean, come work with you. Cause I do feel like that noise, they need to learn, people need to learn to block that noise out. Cause like you said, the bluntness is probably never going to stop. There's right. always, if it's not your parents, it's going to be your uncle. If it's absolutely. not your uncle, it's going to be your neighbor who like knows your family and thinks she can tell you that, you yeah. know, whatever about your body. But I think what's also important is to just block that out and be confident in what you're doing with your weight and doing with your body. Yeah. Yeah. Samantha, I love having this conversation with you. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, I mean, you know, just thinking about ways that we can enjoy our food, but also respect our food and also respect our bodies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes remember that saying less is more. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. But I do think you're doing amazing work. I'm so glad that you came to me with this. I think this was a very important subject within the Arab culture that I don't think gets talked about enough. I will have you on um, again in one of my podcasts to talk about something else that's extremely important. I'm not going to tell anybody because I want it to be a surprise. But you were amazing, and thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you for having me. I was so happy to be here. Yes, and she'll be back, guys. This is not the end of Samantha. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.